Hi friends, it's Friday, the 20th of October, and you've just turned into bite-sized climate tech. I am Lydia, your host, a climate enthusiast and finance professional on a mission to unravel the mysteries of climate tech and share my discoveries with you. Today at bite-sized climate tech, we are going to talk about carbon removal. It's almost too big of a topic to dive right in. Let me start telling you a story featuring greenhouse effect. Once upon a time, on our beloved planet Earth, there existed a delicate balance between the sun, the atmosphere, the nature. The greenhouse effect, powered by certain gases in Earth's atmosphere, played a crucial role. It actually was a good thing. These greenhouse gases trapped infrared radiation, the energy received from the sun, keeping our climate warm and habitable. Life thrived and everything seemed harmonious. Carbon dioxide levels were stable at around 280 parts per million, and it seems it can be a tale ended as they all lived happily together ever after. <clears throat> Until that's not the case anymore. Human activities released an excess amount of greenhouse gases after the Industrial Revolution, after 1840. We found ourselves in a situation where the natural cycles couldn't keep up. And that's why the term carbon removal appears everywhere in today's conversations. So let's start from the basics. When we talk about carbon removal, what exactly are we referring to? Carbon isn't just carbon dioxide. In broader terms, people usually talk about carbon dioxide equivalent, the CO2 equivalent. It encompasses all greenhouse gases, including methane, CH4, nitrous oxide, N2O, and synthetic gases. These gases result from human activities such as burning fossil fuels, vehicular emissions, deforestation, and agriculture. You see, even when I talk about these, I'm not very fluent because I'm not an engineer. And these terms are just like mysteries. People use them all the time and it's very difficult to understand it. Now you might have a question. There are so many greenhouse gases. Why do we use CO2 equivalent but not other gases equivalent? Carbon dioxide might not be happy and say, that's not fair, rest assured. CO2 holds the spotlight because it's actually the most prevalent greenhouse gases accumulated in our atmosphere. It remains there for centuries. Unlike gases such as methane, which, though potent, have shorter lifespans. That is why also methane is often referred to as potent short-lived climate pollutants, SLCP. Carbon dioxide equivalent CO2e serves as a standard unit, allow us to compare emissions of various greenhouse gases, and that's why it serves as a baseline. And this common measure, converted through global warming potential, GWP, simplifies communications and understanding. I really do not like the, the phrase potential. It almost feels like it's a good thing. GWT shows how much heat a greenhouse gases traps in the atmosphere over a specific time frame, typically 20, 100, or 500 years, compared to carbon dioxide. So let's continue. Do you know which one has the highest? Imaginary drum roll. First of all, carbon dioxide. 
which of course is GWP is one by definition that is the baseline. And second comes MIPIC. The GWP is from 28 to 36 over a hundred year period. Nitrous oxide N2O has a GWP around 298 over a hundred year period. And then there is a notorious sulfur hexafluoride that's so difficult to pronounce SF6 with a staggering GWP. Guess what? 22,800 over a 100 year period. But we need to remember that it's just a simplification of GWP, and it doesn't capture its full complexity. When we look at different type of greenhouse gases, we need to look at it case by case, and it doesn't capture all the influence. All right, <laughs> that's quite a bit of information for today. I'll let you go back to your day, but before you go, here's a number to wonder: fifty-nine. Curious about the significance? Stay tuned. We'll review that tomorrow. A quick reminder: all content on Bite Size Climate Tech is based on public information and personal opinion and observation. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host Lydia. I am not an engineer and just somebody who's very enthusiastic. I care about the climate. I want everybody who understands a little bit more, and we can move forward as a society. Stay curious and keep exploring the world of climate tech with me. I'll see you next time.